how terrifying that question is when somebody says that? Man, every hair in my body was sticking up. I was like, what are you talking about? You're not supposed to hear anything. There's no person around us, right? And then she's like, James, there's something out there. There's something at the picnic table. Go check what it is. I was like, no, no way. I'm not checking to see what it is. There's no one around us. There's only a couple things it could be. It's either a bear, right? Because they had signs up in the campground saying, if you see a bear, you know, don't do this or do this or whatever. Uh, so it, it's either a bear or a monster, okay? So I was like, no way. I am not. James, just go see. No. So then Allie gets up to see, okay? <laughs> hey, I have no shame. I have no shame in saying that. I know you men, I know you do the same thing, okay? <laughs> it was terrifying, man. It was terrifying. I was scared. It was dark. I was so scared. So Ali opens the you know, zipper, peeks through uh, the tent, and it was a raccoon. And so, okay. We, I accidentally left the cooler out on the picnic table, and... Uh, Bad idea. Well, I couldn't put it in the car. We didn't have a car, right? So then uh, I had to get creative at like, you know, whatever, two in the morning it was. And I was like, okay, well, I guess we can tie it up into a tree. And so we, we did that. I tied up my cooler into a tree and, oh, it was oh, crazy adventure. So it ended up just being a raccoon. But let me tell you, that night, man, that darkness, it was terrifying. Terrifying. That is the nature of darkness. It has the potential to invoke terrifying fear. It's the nature of darkness. It can invoke fear. But you notice, light has the opposite effect, doesn't it? Light drives away the darkness. Light dispels fear. In Psalm 27, the writer of this psalm is David. And he writes this, he starts off by saying, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? It's a powerful statement. David is making a declaration here about who God is. He's saying God is light. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 says this, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. The space that God inhabits, darkness cannot be in that space. It just can't. Where God is, darkness isn't. And so in the presence of fear, David is saying, wait a second. No, no, no. The Lord is my light. I'm in a dark situation right now, but I know one thing. The Lord is my light. I don't need to be afraid because God is my light. He's with me. You remember the story of David and Goliath? Powerful story. No one in Saul's army wanted to face Goliath. Here's this guy, Guinness Book of World Records holder for height, okay, over nine feet tall. No one in all of Saul's army had the courage to stand up against Goliath. No one. And I could just imagine them, you know, all the the commanders and the, the generals in his army just coming together, just thinking, what are we going to do here? Like, what, what is this? What can we do? And all of a sudden, in comes David. And this is what David says in 1 Samuel 17. Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. 
And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Everyone say, what? Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears and this uncircumcised Philistine. In other words, I'm just going to pause there for a minute. I love that David says this. Listen, this is what he's saying. He's saying, listen, this guy does not have a covenant with God. God didn't make a covenant with Goliath. He made a covenant with us. We have God on our side. Who is this guy? It doesn't matter if he's nine feet tall, ten feet tall. doesn't matter. The covenant of God is with us. Therefore, therefore, he shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine who has absolutely no covenant with God. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. You see, David has been here before. He's been in a situation like this before. He was in a position of great danger. I mean, a lion was in front of him. And a bear. Do you know what a camper's greatest fear is? Bears, man, we're in a tent. If there's bears around, we're just a pie. That's what we are. We're pies for bears, okay? (laughs) Can't go anywhere in a tent. David wasn't afraid because he knew God was with him in the past and that he would be with him again in the future. And in Psalm 27, he is writing in this psalm, again, in a situation of darkness. Starting in verse 2, he says, When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. David is describing his situation with just powerful words, right? The enemy, the evildoers, they assail me to eat up my flesh. They're like zombies. They want to kill me. He's in a dreadful dark situation but you see david knows something david knows something and because he knows something his writing takes a bit of a shift when you get to verse four you see his writing shifts and in verse four it's one of the most beautifully written poetic pieces in all of the psalms I mean, if David was a spoken word artist, he'd be the champion with this one. Okay, Beautiful. One of the most eloquently written pieces of literature. It's something I would have written on my wall for sure. David says in Psalm 27 verse 4, One thing have I asked of the Lord. That one thing I will seek after. One thing. There is one thing. Tap your neighbor on the shoulder saying, there's one thing. There's one thing. You see, we live in an age of options. We live in an age of many things. 
too many things, no matter what situation you find yourself in, whatever problem, whatever circumstance, listen, the world has solutions for you. Many different things. But there is one thing that far surpasses all things. And that is this. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David is making a very clear statement here. That there is one thing. No matter what circumstances he faces. No matter what the enemy is doing around him. doesn't matter. There's one thing that truly sustains him like nothing else in this world. And that is being in the presence of God. God's presence. God is light. 1 John 1.5, God is light in whom there is no darkness at all. When you are in God's presence, darkness can't be in that space. And David knows that. And he says, oh, I just want to be there forever. I want to be in that place forever. All the days of my life so that I could gaze upon the Lord and be in that place of safety. The presence of God is everything to David. Everything. Everything. In fact, the presence of God is everything to the Israelites. The presence of God is everything from, from the beginning to the end of this, this book here. It's all about the importance of the presence. Now you might ask, well, isn't the presence of God with us now all the time? Jesus made a very beautiful promise. I will be with you always until the very end of the age. Jesus said he would send another helper to be with us always to dwell with us and dwell in us. Isn't the presence of God all the time with us? I mean, the scripture talks about it over and over again. Do not be afraid for the Lord your God is with you everywhere you go. Isn't the presence always with us? Well, have you ever wondered why the Bible keeps saying that the presence of God is with you? Almost as a reminder. It's not because the presence of God goes away. We become disengaged with the presence of God and we need to be reminded, come back to the presence. So my encouragement to you this morning is this. Be connected to the presence of God. Be synced with the presence of God. Be paired with the presence. Be paired with the presence. So this morning, I'm going to leave you with three ways to stay engaged with the presence of God. Number one. Declare who God is over your life. Declare who God is over your life. David made the declaration. God is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He says the Lord is the stronghold of my life. The word stronghold in Hebrew is the word ma'oz. Ma'oz and it means a fortified place of safety. In other words, David is saying I can run to God anytime all the time, and be in safety because he is my ma'oz, my, my stronghold, my place of safety. 
he can run to God. Wouldn't it be amazing to know in your spirit, just know that you know that that God is with you, that he is your place of safety no matter what circumstance you face? Wouldn't that be amazing to know that God's got your back no matter what, that God is on your side no matter what you face, that God is with you? When you're in a troubling situation at work, I know what it can be like at times. I remember the, the, the previous jobs I've had where it was hard to even step foot in the door because it's like, I know what's going to happen. I know what's coming. It's just piles and piles and piles of problems. When that happens, declare who God is over your life. That God is my strength when I am weak. God, you are my strength. The storm that is all around me, God, you are my peace. You are the prince of peace over my life. Maybe you're in a situation where you need God to provide. God is my provider. My God shall supply all my needs according to the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Declare that over your life. God is my provider. God is all I need. Declare it over your life every day. Number two, be reminded of God's faithfulness in the past. Remind yourself of his faithfulness in the past. In Psalm 27, verse 3, David says, Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. How is he so confident? How? Because God was with him in the past. Dude was delivered from bears. That's incredible. Goliath. He struck down Goliath. That's incredible. He looked back and said, God was with me then. God's going to be with me now. And that's the same for your life. Has God shown himself mightily on your behalf before? Has he opened a door for you that you didn't see coming and you realize, wow, God is with me in this circumstance. He knows me so well. Has that ever happened to you before? Has God provided for you at the 11th hour? Don't you love how God does that? When he answers a prayer at 1159, you're like, wow, God. You know why he does that? Because he wants you to know, I've got this. Has that ever happened to you? Recall that and declare that over your circumstances now. Because what God has done in the past, he absolutely can do it again tomorrow, today, every day. Remind yourself of God's faithfulness and let that speak into your circumstance right now. God is who he says he is. Number three, worship. Love this. Worship. In verse 6, Psalm 27, 6, it says this, I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. When we worship God, when we truly give praise to God, our hearts open and see who he is and we can't help but proclaim who he is. When we worship God, listen, 
We encounter his presence. We experience his nearness. Psalm 22 verse 3 says, God inhabits the praise of his people. When we worship God, we experience his manifest presence. What a powerful time of worship this morning, right? I mean, I've been away three weeks. Worshiping at home versus worshiping here with you. It's, I mean, it's great worshiping at home, but man, when we, when we come into the house of the Lord and worship together, listen, the manifest presence of God, wow, it melts all fear, all anxiety. It just melts like wax, and it's all you see is God high and lifted up. Let me tell you something. When we worship, we encounter the presence of God. Now, I need to say this as a caveat. When we worship God, we're not invoking his presence. We're not singing to summon him. God's here. When we're singing, our heart, which was at one point locked, opens and connects to God in his presence. That's what we're doing when we're worshiping God. Our hearts are being opened to connect with his presence. Worship is like the wireless modem that connects us to his presence. We are pairing to the hotspot of his presence when we worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords declaring who he is over our lives. You know, 7 a.m. to 8.15 a.m. in our house, Monday to Friday, is chaos. Absolute chaos. That one hour and 15 minutes feels like three hours, okay? It's just, it's chaos. The alarm goes off, boom, we get out of bed, get the kids ready, brush your teeth, get all your clothes, you know, let's go downstairs, make your lunch. It's chaos. And I'll be honest with you, there's yelling involved sometimes, okay? It's chaos. Sorry, sorry, guys. I I love you. I love you, Eden, you know? You need to get ready quicker, okay? Anyways, so because there's a lot that has to happen, okay? A lot that needs to happen, right? Brush your teeth. And now that it's winter, snow pants, boots, mitts. Oh, my goodness. It's, oh. All the while, we got to get to the school, find the right parking spot so that we can get them to the door by 830. That is, that's hard, okay? Not easy. It's chaos. Let me tell you something. Within that hour and 15 minutes, when we play worship music, I'm telling you, 100%, it changes the atmosphere. It really does. It's stunning how that happens. We all start singing. Lately, we've been singing yes and amen. Isn't that a powerful song? Faithful you are. Faithful forever you will be. All your promises are yes and amen. From Ezra to Ali and I, we're all singing this song. You know, it's just awesome. And we're getting ready and it's peaceful. It's beautiful. It's marvelous. Worship has the power to connect us to the presence of God. Everything else just fades away. It's amazing how that happens. You know, if I could encourage you to make one splurge purchase this year, just one, you don't have to buy an expensive one, okay? Just one, it'd be this. Just buy a little Bluetooth speaker. You can get a cheaper one, right? This is just my opinion, but I just want to say this. Get a Bluetooth speaker, connect it to your tablet, whatever, your, your phone, your, your computer, and take that with you place it wherever in the house and have worship music playing constantly. Let me tell you something. It changes the atmosphere. Why? Because your hearts are engaged all the time 
to the presence. It's powerful. It's powerful. So, I love Christmas songs. You know, I'm singing Joy to the World right now, and it's great, isn't it? I can't wait till next week. We're going to sing Christmas songs. Oh, it's going to be great. (laughs) When we worship, when we remind ourselves of God's faithfulness, when we declare who God is over our lives, we come back to the one thing that matters the most. Remember the story of Martha and Mary? Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet. Jesus is at their house. Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet just listening to him. I could just picture her being like, oh, he's awesome. I wish I could have been there. Martha, on the other hand, is busy, busy, busy. She's trying to cook like a three Michelin star meal for her guest of honor. She's just busy. Oh, I got to put all this together. Whoa, whoa. And then she realizes, what's Mary doing? You're just sitting? And and, and Martha's like, Jesus, tell her to do something, man. Like, what are you doing here? I'm doing everything. And this is what Jesus responds. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But, and everyone read this together. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Mary chose presence over performance. Mary chose presence over work. Why? Because it's all about the presence. It's all about being in the very presence of God that takes away all other things. Church, it's all about being in his presence. When we are in God's presence, the enemy has no say. Zip it, enemy. You have no say. There's no space for you here. Your lies are void in the presence. Cannot occupy the same space. There's no space for him. So church, let's be a church of God's presence. Leaving absolutely no space for the enemy. No darkness, no despair, no fear or anxiety. Just the presence that melts it all away. The enemy has no say, no influence, no space. Amen? Amen. Join me in prayer. Father, we thank you once again. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. May we experience that this morning after we leave this place, as we enter our homes, that the joy would sustain us throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year, the remainder of the year, and into next year, God. And may your presence be with us. May our hearts be engaged all the time with your presence. Father, we want to declare this over our church that this is a darkness-free zone, that this is a despair-free zone, a depression-free zone, an anxiety-free zone where the enemy has no say, where the lies are broken down like twigs. God, we just declare that over this place that your glory would reside here and move 
Just shine forth from here, God, into this city that Kitchener-Waterloo would be changed by the manifest presence of God. That those who are in darkness would come into the light, God, and find in you everything they need because you are everything we need. Equip us as a church. Equip us as individuals to be hot spots for your presence. To connect people to the life-transforming power of your presence. Pair us with your presence. We love you, Lord. We love you. We are here for you. Be with us as we go. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Let's give God praise. God bless you.